Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The Matchball. Hello there and welcome to the show. The Matchball is brought to you in association with Levi Solicitors. You can get 10% off your legal fees if you head to levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. You can get early access to the match balls with TSB Plus, our brand new subscription package, plus all our podcasts completely ad free, including the extra ball on one single feed. For full details about that, head to the squareball.net forward slash plus. 16 years we waited for a Premier League game, gentlemen. That wasn't bad, was it? Or, or was it? Pick the bones out of that. It was ridiculous. It's a right daft little knockabout is the Premier League. What the fuck what the fuck's this all about? It's meant to be difficult to score, isn't it? Admittedly defending's difficult, but uh, I'd be alright. I think we deserve to be here. We're fine. It's gonna be fine, I think. Waiting sixteen years for a game in the Premier League and you end it just giggling. I didn't I didn't think that's what it was gonna be like, but that appears to be it. And I don't remember giggling in the Steve Evans era. Didn't giggle through Hocker Day. No, uh Darko Milanich was a you know, sort of a laugh, very dry sense of humour. But um, yeah, I mean, it's fun, isn't it? That's all fine. As long as it's all going to be fun and entertaining, I'm well up for it. The two best teams in the league we've seen there tonight. The two best teams. Prove me wrong. I mean, I've not bothered looking this up because that's not what this podcast's about, but I'm going to say no one goes to Anfield and scores three goals. They don't. Uh, somebody did. I, I think... Um, uh, TSB contributor, fine writer Fiona Kyle was raising this on Twitter and somebody replied to her at two. I mean, nobody goes there and scores two. I think there was only like four teams did it this last season. I wrote it down and I've lost it. Three, Chelsea and Man City, if uh, Fiona's correspondent is to be believed. So um, it's, yeah, we're in Chelsea and Man City's company. We're... We drew with Liverpool, I think, or or is it a win because penalties don't count? Certainly the first one didn't count. That's it. Our, our immediate interruption to the corrupt world of VAR. Fucking, they just didn't watch that clearly, did they? I saw um, I saw the actual rule put up on Twitter and it seems quite clear that that shouldn't be. I've got it here, in fact. Deflections. Blah, blah, blah. Um, extra lead will, will be allowed when it comes to ricocheted handballs. It's often a po- impossible to avoid contact with the ball if it is deflected off the body of an opponent, teammate, or even another part of, a, of, the, of the own player. That's weirdly written. But there's not a chance he meant to handball that, surely. I know it was stuck out at the side of him, but it, it comes off his knee about 30 centimetres from his hand. It's ridiculous. 
somebody did tweet me is pointing out the saying that you can't do that. And I was like, well, what's he supposed to do to, to balance? You know, how are you supposed to stay upright if you can't actually move your arms a little bit? That's, that's never a penalty, is it? It's absolutely never a penalty. And just to return to your earlier point about set pieces and whatnot, Moscow, um, I believe we scored all three of ours, plus the two that were disallowed from, from open play, whereas Liverpool, just a set piece side, um, basically like Pulis, Allardyce, that's all they are. Set pieces is all they got against us, wasn't it? I mean, they did look pretty good. The first, to be perfectly honest with it, the first six minutes, I thought, oh, Jesus. Like, I was really, really worried. They just had us completely penned in. I think the first note I made was, um, yeah, six minutes, we're in their half. And prior to that, I was just thinking, bloody hell, we're going to get absolutely dicked here. And then it seemed like we just had a little word with ourselves. We went, actually, we could just try playing like we normally do and maybe things will be fine. And they, they pretty much were. We probably played better than we normally do. I mean, Jackie's goal, Clicky's goal, what the hell? And even Bamford's, um, with that middle one, what a finish. Instinctive. Didn't even think about it. Balls on his right foot, didn't panic. Seized on a mistake by some two-bit defender, who's obviously not good. And the middle goal was great because there was the brilliant work between it's Jackie and is it Click or Stuart Dallas? I thought it was Dallas and Click. It was, yes, it was. It was Dallas and Click set it up on halfway. And then Dallas just goes, you know what? I bet Allison and Van Dyke won't like it in the mixer. And it's always there in a Bielsa team. You know, it's about attacking. And so the technical side of it is always there and the tactics and the formations or whatever. But there's always the option of just stick it where they won't like it. And it's kind of what, um, did for Kiko Casilla at the end of his first season, whether it was the Ipswich game and the Derby game, just the ball that's right on the edge of the box. And you've got the defender running in one direction, the keeper in the other, and you've got a, a sharp shooting marksman ready to pounce, which the slow motion replay, which is something that's gone up a level now we're in the Premier League, you could see Bamford's face when the ball dropped to him was, I'm scoring this. Whereas the, he'd had that chance before where he tried to kind of dribble around Allison and it was on his wrong foot and it was a bit like Bamford 2019. This one was just goal and he scored it. So, I mean... He'd had that one just before, hadn't he, where he'd taken a bit too long over it. I think he'd hoped Allison was going to go down and he tried to take it around the right-hand side of him and he just stood up and he ended up having to play it backwards. But I think he maybe learned from that and thought, you know, even on my right foot, I'll just take this early. That is one of the criticisms we had of Bamford last season is that he... He was always fine when he was playing quite instinctively, but often when he had time to think about it, that's when he uh, when he fell a little bit short. But in this instance, as we were just saying there, it's kind of you don't get the time like that in the Premier League, do you? You either got to hit it or your chance is gone. So it's nice to see them once they kind of get up to that little. Once they notch it up a level, when they realise that you've got less time, um, then we'll probably just be fine. I mean, to have gone to um, to have gone to Anfield and done that is absolutely brilliant. By I agree with what you said then, Michael. In that early stages, I thought, please just settle down, keep it tight, don't concede too early. And then, of course, that penalty goes in and you think, well, here we go then. But absolute credit to them for, well, sticking to the game plan as they've done so much over the last two years. And we've not even talked about the fact that we started that game with a, a bit of a joke of defence, more or less. I mean, how many training sessions has Cock actually managed to have with this team? It was strikes first ever game at centre-back for us. Well, I think he came on quite disastrously against Cardiff that time. But this is his first his first ever start at centre-back for us and he's playing against Salah and Mane and Firmino. I mean, 
it's it's ridiculous. Stuart Dallas is a right footed right winger playing at left back. So there's basically you've got Ailing in that team who is in his rightful position. And it was a bit of a shambles, but of course it was. Whereas Liverpool have had that same back four for ages and were a shambles. So I don't know what their excuse was. I mean, we had uh, Stroik's debut. He was completely panicked by the concept of Lee Tomlin. And tonight, I mean, there were a couple of times, first 10 minutes, he got turned once or twice, like through balls down the side of him. He, he missed it and was scrambling back. But I watched him leaning Sadio Mane off the ball and quite calmly. And him, the thing that impressed me most, most about Stroke, I'm kind of, I'm with you, like you just got to chalk off the defence. It doesn't matter. I mean, um, Cock and Stroke, it, it's obviously, it, it's all Steve. I left the oven on Clark's fault for injuring Liam Cooper in the Scotland squad when he isn't even Scottish. So the whole thing has been an absolute farce. And... And the back, uh, so the back four is a is is a mess all over, and the the goals kind of reflected that. Stroik's passing was absolutely extraordinary. Some of his his the when he's knocking it long, just foot perfect and incredible. And Ilian Melier, I mean, how is a human being that calm? I know I'm kind of coming from a. Um, a long way off, there, you know, there's times in my life when, you know, you could have a panic attack trying to make breakfast. But he's got players, Sadio Mane, Mo Salah, Roberto Firmino, pressing him in his six-yard box. And he's like, I think I'll just do a little layoff to Luke Ayling here. It's absolutely fine. Just, he doesn't have any nerves. There aren't any. What's wrong with him? He did all the goalkeeper stuff very well as well, made some good saves. I thought, I know they scored from from the corner, but I don't think it was really his fault. And he punched one corner away really well, in a way that Kiko never did, like he actually got it a, a long way from the box. And I don't think they really talked about it. They said he was raw, I think, in the commentary was how they described him. He's brilliant. I, which I thought was unfair, because everything he'd done was absolutely perfect. I'd say a raw goalkeeper is one who makes a really good save, but then, like, fucks something up or can't distribute it properly or something. He, he's 20 years old and he looked he looked absolutely brilliant. I was looking back, Paul Robinson was 19 when he made his debut for us, but that was pretty much a, a one-off game. I think, I think Martin was injured and he played, but he didn't actually start playing a proper number of games until 2001 too. So he was, he was considerably older than Meslier. And everyone thought he was ridiculously young to be playing in there. And this is his first Premier League game and he's, he barely played any games in the Championship either. And he looks class. Melier, calm as fuck, and the save from Pascal Stroik is a better save than Kiko Kassir has ever made for Leeds United. And um, and I was going to say something else, but I've forgotten. But I love him. <laughs> I will say, uh, I want to give uh, a nod to Stuart Dallas as well, as he's quite the week playing for Northern Ireland up against Erling Haaland and then um, facing uh, Salah there. I mean, I, I watched Salah. That's what I was going to say. I've remembered now. Well, hang on, and I'll say my bit first, and then you can come back in afterwards. <laughs> just just remember it this time. Um, is Salah, I mean, the quality of him as a footballer. I mean, you know, we're facing basically the best attack in the world at a club level, I would say, um, today. And Salah is so good, isn't he? I mean, like, terrifyingly good. Every touch, everything on the half turn, the spins, finding space for himself, dropping off. And I thought Stuart Dallas did really, really well under the circumstances, given that the defence was kind of a bit all over the place and thrown together. And that finish where it went in basically the only bit of the net he could have put it into, and it was right in the top corner. If you'd drawn it on with a pen, like, I just want to put it here, you just think, well, fair enough, decent strike. 
And that was the third thing I was going to say. Melier got closer to that shot than most goalkeepers have any reasonable right to. He saw it coming. He made the right dive. It was just, it was so well hit. He didn't have a have a chance. But we know damn well that Kiko Kassir would have just stood stock still and watched that go in. Bailey, Bailey Peacock, Peacock Farrell. Bailey Peacock <laughs> Farrell would have would have left the country before it had hit the hit the back of the net. <laughs> but he he actually he saw what was happening. He read it. He dived for it. He was close. He was as it was as good an effort as you could expect from any goalkeeper to make. And Salah Salah started the game looking as if he wanted to score seven. He ended it with that. So when he tried to knock it past Melier and Luke Ayling got back to um, to block it, that was the second or third time where he'd looked like, I'm never scoring here. And yeah, he got a hat-trick, two penalties, doesn't count. But he started in a real dangerous mood and he ended the game just, this is actually quite difficult. (laughs) It's weird to hear the tone of this because we all sound really happy, don't we? And we've just lost. I think it, I don't want to become one of those nauseating, we're just here to have a good time, Premier League fans, because we're we're not Huddersfield or Barnsley, but it feels all right, this, doesn't it, to have lost? Because we've lost to a really good team. Dan just said they've got the best attack going. They've probably got the the best defence around it with Van Dijk in it and Allison's a brilliant goalkeeper. You can't really say that the midfield is, is bad in any means. They won the league last season in extraordinary circumstances. If Manchester City hadn't existed, they would have absolutely waltzed it the season before, so they had to settle for the Champions League. And they were good the year before that. It's... We're playing one of the the all-time greatest teams in football. Really, when you look back at it, people talk about Klopp's Liverpool for years. So opening there was always going to be a bit of a, a free point. It always had that element of just go there and kind of have a have a nice day out and enjoy it. Um, and then we have to have, we have to beat Fulham next week. But to go there and actually, I mean, you saw Klopp at the end after he shaking hands with all the our bench and I'm sure he did it for the cameras but he mouthed the wow and apparently I just looked on Twitter before apparently Graham Sinesse is waxing lyrical about how brilliantly we played and all the extraordinary things we did and the the thing we, we touched on there that only Chelsea and Man City if we're right on this have scored three against that team very few teams have scored two against that team and we got them all from open play give us the points moral victory wasn't it yeah, Huddersfield would have been happy just to go there and play. We want the points. I want a fucking FA investigation into that first penalty. And then um, we need the uh, the UEFA officials who threw Stuttgart, um, or at least, well, they kept them in the European Cup, in which was the, they should have thrown them out. Get that investigation opened and find something that Liverpool have done wrong. If we're talking about the new normal and football having a, a great morality, give Leeds United the points. Give us a head start. It'll make the Premier League more exciting. And we need that because the next fucking game that they're trying to show is kicking off in 10 minutes where they put up a big picture of fucking Sam, um, David Moyes and uh, Steve Bruce. Ooh, West Ham versus Newcastle. Don't be ridiculous. Don't be ridiculous. You're absolutely right, Moscow, is that we need to be clear about this, don't we? We are not here to be tourists because I think you do get clubs like Huddersfield and stuff who've who've come up and um, and effectively used it as a bit of a nice. Oh, this is this is a jolly nice time, isn't it? But we're not about that. We need to be up here and stay up here. But I think we were allowed just to enjoy that to a degree without any pressure because I described it earlier on on, on Twitter as, as something of a free hit. 
And I think it was, wasn't it? Because there was no pressure on us. There was no expectation we'd get anything. So for us to put that performance in um, and make a statement like that, I think huge credit to them. Don't get me wrong. If we're here after playing Sheffield United with zero points on the board, we are not going to be like this. It is, it is, this pressure is going to be on and we're going to be stressed out and thinking buy another 10 players. Or actually, don't buy players. Don't buy players. That's what I think we learned from today. They make mistakes um, until they've had a good year. So we'll just probably have to dig someone else out of the youth team to play instead of uh, <laughs> instead of our new players. But it's not... It is different, is this game. It's, we're allowed to be okay with losing, I think. Even though I'm kind of not, because I do think we probably deserved something out of it. And it felt like the penalties were... I mean, the last one, you can't really complain about it, can you? But it was annoying so it shouldn't count <laughs> 40 million quid's worth of penalties there today fucking hell ready to pop the question the jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds and they're ready to ship to your door Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. To the post-match comments then, and Marcelo Bielsa has said he is never happy in defeats. Um, to score three goals is a positive thing. We were very efficient, but we didn't create enough attacking opportunities. We must not forget we conceded four. A lot of the goals could have been avoided. We were efficient. Our sky flashed up at full-time. Our XG was 0.32. So that's better. That's a big improvement on last year when we normally had about an XG of about six and scored none. Um, Liverpool had 2.76 for comparison but I assume the penalties count as pretty much a goal for XG purposes don't they so or whatever the probability of a goal is it'd be about 80% or something I would guess it's um, it's about 66% I believe something around that it's about two thirds meh two thirds of a goal That's well that's they can have that give them two thirds of a goal and I think we win um, yeah I mean it would be good if we could defend corners it's probably unfair to point at uh, Robin Cock and his uh, three training sessions and ask why he let Virgil van Dijk get away from him to, to head in a corner from one of the best corner takers in Europe um, but we need to get better at that don't we but we've known that for ages we probably won't we'll just rely on scoring loads of goals he was a bit unlucky with that as well because he was blocked and the I know the, on the commentary they were saying it was accidental but it happened again in the second half, which makes me wonder if it's a 
more of a tactic that they employ. I thought Cock ran into him. I thought he just he didn't see him and he just ran into the back of him rather than being blocked off. I didn't really have a a, a problem with that. Him and Rodrigo were a, they were a shambles defensively on those incidents. Cock otherwise I thought was good and Rodrigo's big moment for me was in Click's goal when uh, the ball was dropping to Calvin Phillips and he was just about to get it under control and then suddenly experienced uh, Spanish international who's played at the top in La Liga for a decade charged in and he almost kind of pushed Phillips out of the way but he made it clear like, I'm taking charge of this situation because I can see the pass and that's what unlocked then the move on the other wing that led to uh, click with a great touch and a great finish but there was that was that was good I like that a lot from Rodrigo you could see there 30 million pounds of a, a player with a a brain and also the authority. Pat Bamford isn't pushing Calvin Phillips out of the way, or if he is, he's apologising profusely after the game. But there he is taking charge in his uh, after being on the pitch for about five, ten minutes and making something happen. So I like that. Don't like the way he tackles. Don't think he's a good tackler. Maybe he stays up the other end when we're defending corners. That's my little tip for Marcelo if I see him in Costa. There was a point where, I don't know if you agree with me, where you thought, we've settled into this now because a lot of it was kind of nervous energy earlier on and the game was all over. And one of the things we identified last season on these podcasts was you could spot the games that had gone a bit insane, like the Birmingham game, for example, the Millwall game was a little bit like that, where we don't have control of the situation. And that first spell, maybe the first half, the first hour or whatever felt a little bit like that. But actually, as that game went on, there was a point at which it settled down a little bit and you could tell they'd really grown into it. And you thought, we're a Premier League side now. I think it was honestly only that first six minutes where I thought we looked rattled to an extent that we we couldn't handle it. And uh, I mean, when by the time they scored the last the their last penalty, they, we did have us under pressure, but it was kind of under control. It was actually not that different to what was happening against Barnsley at the end of last season. And I'm gonna I'm gonna take a bit of a, a controversial opinion to say that Liverpool are better than Barnsley. Um, so it was it all kind of felt. Like actually, we were settling in to to just hold on for that last bit, and had we not done that stupid tackle, probably would have done. Yeah, no penalty, no goal. I don't think in the last uh, in for Liverpool at the end, it would have been three all if that hadn't happened. But you can't ignore the fact that from um, from about seventy minutes up until them scoring with five minutes left, the cameraman didn't have to move his camera; he just pointed it at our penalty area and was like, "Just leave it there, shall I?" Absolutely fine. You didn't see any other part of the pitch for a good 10, 15 minutes and it was difficult. But then that's where it's Liverpool and that's where that that factor comes into play. And the other side of it is what you're saying. They weren't going to score unless we gave them the goal. We had to do it for them. (laughs) Generous. They They don't have much to enjoy in Liverpool. That's why they make such a big deal about Jurgen Klopp having clean teeth. You know, a, a man with a toothbrush is God on Merseyside. So we uh, we had to make the, the people there happy another way. He also loves to spread joy. I want to give a shout out to Jackie Haradonna, if I may, because I thought he was fantastic today. I thought he had a great game and I thought Phillips grew into it as well. One or two nervy moments in that first half when he didn't quite have control of the space around him and one or two touches that got away from him. But in terms of positionally and his distribution, looked all right. And did anyone else cheer his free kick as if it had gone in? I thought it had. I was convinced that was flying into the top corner. 
was when it was about halfway there. I was kind of on my feet and then uh, looked a bit daft. But no, I thought Phillips did all right. He got dispossessed a couple of times, didn't he? Um, there were people kind of sneaking up behind him, which is cheating, I think. You're not allowed to, you shouldn't, shouldn't be allowed to sneak up behind people without without it letting him know you're there, at least. You should have to say boo or something. Um, but I thought he did all right. And he, it was his pass, wasn't it, for um, for Jackie's goal, which was wonderful, I've got to say. I think I was watch, watching that straight after that, I, and then he did another couple of good things. I was thinking, I wouldn't be surprised if he's in the England squad by the end of the year. Like, if he can keep doing stuff like that against... You know Trent Alexander-Arnold, who is considered to be probably the best right back in the country, maybe like certainly up there in best right back in the world, and he made him look a fool, as did Helder Costa on a couple of occasions as well. I was going to say, um, I thought Helder Costa played really well. Jackie Haradona, when um, Jamie Carragher talking about his first touch, I had that thing of like, oh no, he's going mainstream. I don't, I don't want the world to know about Jackie's first touch. That's our thing. Get it out of. Um, Jackie uh, Jamie Carragher's mouth that he uses to spit at children. Just it's it's ours. I don't want to hear it from. But uh, Haradona was great. And then no, I thought um, let. And I was you mentioned Phillips getting shoved off the ball, and there was evidence in that game of levels. There was some moments, particularly in the first fifteen minutes, I saw us trying to press Mo Salah, and like three people tried to tackle him, and he just kept the ball. And I was thinking. Yeah, but that's that's one of the world's best players right there, and um, bless him, Stewie Dallas. You know, he's kind of he's got that experience for Northern Ireland, where he's always playing against like much much better players. Um, not in training, obviously, because Bailey P got Farrells on his team um, or on the other team, but the, you could see that. Um, but we dealt with it, and there was it got to the point where we started shoving them off the ball, so it kind of we grew into it, and. Yeah, Helder Costa looked lively enough to say that he can have a good season based on that when he's not up against the likes of Liverpool. Um, I think he looked better than he mainly did in the Championship. Yeah. I had similar thoughts on that exact point. There are some players for whom they seem more suited to the the top level. I thought Click um, very much was in his element today. I thought it suited Harrison as well because you haven't got these clogging, horrible centre-backs and you haven't got loads of them dropping back onto the edge of the area because... like. As we said, Liverpool were on the front foot loads um, and them doing that enabled us to have that little bit more space to play. And I don't think anybody particularly struggled massively today, but there were actually occasions when uh, they, it might be Mane had it, maybe Salah had it out on the wings and we had two players onto him and I had similar thoughts. I thought if he gets out of that situation, we are screwed because we've drawn two men over to him. I thought we were maybe a little bit naive on occasions with that that because um, the game was so quick that we'd have two players who'd be going to the ball. And I thought, if they get it out of there, we've left ourselves horribly exposed. Yeah, we need to just accept that it, it, the press isn't going to be as effective when you've got players who can take it around two or three men within about the space of two seconds. But I didn't think anyone in particular stood out as being bad. I thought Cock has uh, had a... He struggled a bit, didn't he, in the early stages. I thought by the end he was doing all right. And what did we expect? Like, it's, that is not a defence that has ever played together in any part, really. I think Ailing and Dallas will have played together, but the rest of it, in the most important bit, effectively, was just thrown together in the last day or two, and they've not had any time to tra- even train together. So I'm not, I'm not going to really be cross about it because what would be the point? No, and a lot of teams are going to have that this season, and it could work to our advantage in other games where, with the short 
pre-season and players coming back from international duty and new signings with the, I think the transfer window's open for another month, isn't it? So there's going to be, there's a lot more randomness in this season that I'm quite pleased about. Um, this is not a plug for my YEP column because it's been and gone. It's yesterday's chip paper, but it was the point I was making last week was that there's an element to this season where it's a little bit old fashioned. It is just who's your best 11 players, stick them on the, on the pitch and, and see how good they are, see what they can retain. And it was, it was a test of um, Robin Cock in that regard and Pascal Stroik. It was, there you go. It's Anfield. You've never played together. So instead of it being a test of the coaches, which I think maybe the, the balance has tipped a little bit too much in football. We're lucky that we have Bielsa who's, who's, Great, but often you're looking at teams and you know that, you know, Man City are managed by Guardiola and Liverpool are managed by by uh, Klopp, but then you don't necessarily know the players. And I used to be really excited about the players that you'd be seeing. You'd watch, you know, Gary Lineker and Paul Gascoigne playing for Tottenham, but you didn't know that necessarily who was their manager. It wasn't the important thing. And it's kind of, it's gone back a little bit, a little bit. It's gone back a little bit to that now as of today, where it was Robin Cock, Pascal Stroik, shake hands, meet each other, learn each other's names, and then go out and see if he can defend against Liverpool. And I like that. And they did great. And, you know, the early the early stuff to concede goals from set pieces, that's organisation. And that's the thing that you do get in, in training, that Wilkinson would have had them drilled in and Bielsa has never bothered drilling them in um, in the three years, two years and a bit that he's been here. But in open play, uh, they they didn't score against us in open play, did they? Given we were just laughing about how terrible the Premier League is, by the way, Newcastle West Ham has just kicked off on my telly and Newcastle kicked off while everyone was taking a knee and then Andy Carroll's smashed someone in the head within the first 30 seconds. So that's what you get when Leeds aren't playing. <laughs> I might have to switch it on. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Absolutely love that. But it's been, a, it's been a decent day and I think given that we didn't know what to expect when we came into this game, do we leave this game happy with the outcome? I mean, not, we're not happy we lost ever. We don't ever want to come into the Premier League and feel like we're, uh, you know, there for the beating. But you know, given the circumstances, given the short run up to this one, are we are we all right with it? Yeah, absolutely. It's fine. That was it was better than I was expecting at the kickoff, it, and it's uh, it's almost unfair to be annoyed that we didn't get something out of it because we had no right to given the team we were playing. To come away at full time, as I said at the start giggling that's not something we've had for the last 16 years at all even if you think about getting promoted against Bristol Rovers we didn't giggle at any point no part of that day was fun it was enjoyable but it wasn't uh in the end it was enjoyable but it wasn't fun even after we'd won and were promoted I can't look back and say I was you know having a um an uproarious laughter Martin Tyler I wrote it down because just before half time once they'd got through their um, quite risque cock references on um, Sky's commentary, where Martin Tyler was saying, that's his name, by the way, um, as if he needed to clarify Jamie Carragher wasn't talking about a penis. Not necessary on Sky at tea time, I don't think. But yeah, just before halftime, he said, in difficult times, it gladdens the heart, this match. And, you know, you wouldn't say that about um, Liverpool, Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool knocking, what was it, 16 past Norwich at the start of last season. What gladdened people's hearts and was got has got not just us, but if Graham Souness is as happy as people 
say is he's not a happy person. He's never been a happy person. He, he, he hates everything. But even his steel heart has been melted slightly by Jackie Haradona scoring a goal, Pat Bamford sliding in a, a finish past one of the world's best goalkeepers because the world's best defenders made a stupid mistake. Matthias Click, who should be tired. He should be tired. What's he played? A thousand games. Smacking in a volley that's as good as anything Mo Salah did in that game. And everybody's happy about it. And obviously they're all happy as well because Liverpool won and the whole fucking world loves them and Scouse is going to be insufferable after this because, you know, ah, result was never in doubt. Klopp's a genius. Bielsic, you know, I think he's been shown up. All that can come later. Every right-thinking person loved that game. An Everton fan like Adam Pope, you know, glorying in a, a day out at Anfield that none of us could go to, which is possibly the downside. Heroes and villains then. Let's have a quick race through those before we uh, head off. It's a, a bit of a left field one for a villain. Well, maybe not, because he did do a terrible dive. Curtis Jones. We've praised Pablo in the past for his his double fringe. I've never seen a perm with a fringe before, but Curtis Jones is pulling one off. And that and the dive was an affront to all the good Curtises in the world, like Curtis Steigers. Uh, are you going to tweet him later, your mate? Yeah, my mate. And Curtis Mayfield and some others who I don't know. Mayfield, the best of the Curtises. Villains, um, Rodrigo and Cork, obviously, massive waste of money. Get them out of our club. <laughs> Terrible, uh, ruined. We would have won if it wasn't for them. So, you know, indefensible. Heroes, uh, strike, passing ability like I've never seen. And Ilan Melier, just my favourite player now forever. Even that cheeky grin after he saved from Stroik, stopped the own goal when he just looked at him and he's smiling and Stroik looked at him and was quite clearly shitting himself. <laughs> there was such a contrast um, between them in that moment. But yeah, you could the ball could have been on fire and being, you know, it could have had the fate of a thousand kittens, like their lives could have been hanging in the balance in that moment if he didn't make that save. And Melier's just like, nah, fine. Oh, well, no, actually it's like, meh, fine. Me, we, I saved the ball. It's great. No problems. On the decision, I think Michael Oliver and VAR needed to get a nomination as well for that. Michael Oliver, um, I don't like his face. No, not me. <laughs> Fair enough. Not me. Um, are we going to, I mean, I know Strike didn't put a foot wrong, but are we going to villainise the nation of Scotland for denying us Liam Cooper today? No. I. Some Scottish people are nice. Eddie Gray. Um, in particular, is a fine human being. There was a beautiful interview with David Harvey over the lockdown. Steve Clark. Funny you've not mentioned Phil Hay there. Still hate, still hate him, do you? <laughs> I love Phil Hay. Steve Clark, however, is Steve Clark even Scottish? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I think. <laughs> I think he is. I'm pretty sure I've heard him speak. Talk to me about his oven then. He's a long-time just... enemy of uh, the square ball. <laughs> is he? Well, yes, he's from Salt Coats. He's uh, North Ayrshire. You can't make a coat out of salt. What are they doing? Well, he has. <laughs> well, there's his first problem. And second problem is he's been trying to work out if his oven is on or off for, what is it? Is it about 10 years since that tweet was on the Square Ball account that you were, if, you, if you've only turned up for the Premier League, you'll think we're talking nonsense, but this is heritage. Yes, let's explain the reference for the benefit of anybody who's listening who's going, what the hell are they banging on about? did a tweet that went viral about 
pictures of Steve Clark in which he looks like he's wandering in every photo that he gets captured in, whether he's left the oven on at home. And it just, it took off and took on a life of its own for a, a short spell and it was fun. And if you try to find a picture of him where he, he looks like he doesn't think he's wondering if he's uh, left his oven on at home, uh, you're a better man than any other human, man or woman than any other human. Um, I was I said man then because I, I realised one of the other famous people from Salt Coats is the uh, singer from Men at Work, Colin Hay, Phil's brother. See, they all, they all know each other up there. Well, before we sign off, let's give the final word to Jurgen Klopp, who said tonight, Leeds are special. They performed outstandingly and it was very difficult for 95 minutes, by the way. Can we not give the the last word to Marcelo Bielsa, who I like more? Go on then. The word would be bueno. I don't know what else he said, but I assume bueno was in there somewhere. Well, we'll reconvene and do another match ball for, God, the League Cup all starts this week, doesn't it? Coming thick and fast at the start of the season against the, the whole Tigers from, from League One. In the meantime, if you want to get early access to the match ball, do check out TSB Plus, our new all-in-one digital subscription package in which you get full digital access to the magazine. You also get all of our podcasts on one feed, completely ad-free, including the extra ball. Full details at the squareball.net forward slash plus. Thanks for listening to this one. We'll catch you next time. The Match Ball. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.